All right. So in this session, uh, we're going to do some Web3 ideation for some DTC brands. Um, now, I haven't actually talked with any of these companies, and I'm just illustrating sort of how to apply our core concepts from the design sprints that we typically do for Web3 for a couple of DTC brands. I'm going to do a couple in this area since I think there's a lot of affinity and similarities in what DTC tried to do and sort of low-hanging fruit for uh, the blockchain and Web3. So uh, let's take a look here. So the agenda is for today. I took a look at some of the fastest growing DTC companies for, according to Similar Web. Uh, so not sure how accurate this actually is, but uh, they're very cool companies. Three are Jot, which is a coffee or it's a concentrated coffee company. Yoda Play, which is a screen-free children's learning app, and Done, which is an online ADHD treatment. And so, you know, we have this concept of the unlock playbook where we work through different verticals or business problems and try to come up with the playbooks. And if you've listened to the podcast or gone to our blog, you can see why we use playbooks as a way to like hone in on business problems and map those back to what we see as core uh, primitives within Web3. And we call this one the token unlock, the IRL or in real life unlock. And then this is the cross-brand um, unlock, which we're not actually covering uh, today. So let's take a look at Jot. So Jot, um, they just sell these through a subscription or online portal, these uh, concentrated uh, forms of coffee, and they've got some great reviews. And I started to think, well, what would a consumer DTC company care about? And so we kind of look up it here. Possible goals is they're building this online subscription community. What if they were able to get sort of without all the overhead in real life community engagement, whereas people who liked it, they got together or it created events or word of mouth or they created gatherings in their homes to share it and it was some way to like encourage it or make it easy to do another possibility was to increase the consumption formats or recipes the more ways that people can use it sort of like differently than just regular coffee uh, that might encourage people to go uh, and, and, and use use jot um, and then another one could be a low-cost, low-overhead of way to get on-premise sell-through in the same way that um, sort of things like uh, uh, spirits and alcohol, they have the sort of the direct sales, but they also do some some percentage of it through bars. It's possible coffee shops may want to, but that's kind of can be a pain to build out, and perhaps there might be a way to do it with blockchain and Web3 to keep that overhead low um, and then try and experiment. So I'll talk about what those could be uh, in terms of Web3 blockchain concepts right now. Now, again, I don't know if these are their goals. I don't know if they care. I don't know if these are, these are bad ideas, but I'm using this to illustrate with real life examples how the Web3, and if you made the Web3 concepts super easy with a low code tool, you'd be able to do those things. So the first one is provable subscriptions meaning you actually do have a subscription, you've proven that you purchased it, maybe it has to be for a certain um, total gross gross value that's sold through. Um, that gives people community access. Maybe it's online, maybe it's super simple through Discord. So you get rid of all the spam, people can only go through if they've actually been buying or have an active subscription and they can get in. Uh, you can add verification of IDs to make sure this is a real person, you automatically get their address, you know it's 
you know, not a scammer. Um, but then they can also show up in pseudonyms. So nobody actually knows who anybody is, but they know that they're an actual customer and they have a verified ID. And that just could just be online. Now, once you have these verified IDs, you could actually create sort of um, um, contracts which say, well, when there's a certain number of people within a, you know, within a city or a 30 mile radius, they all kind of get joint notifications and then something spins up. So that could start this uh, community engagement. Somebody gets selected as a leader. He says, oh, I'm going to go ahead and hold an event. And then you can kind of spin off uh, other ways to do that from there. But this is sort of like the low hanging fruit of just building a community of verifiable people. The problem with a lot of these online communities is, you know, it's spammy. You don't know if they're real. Uh, Here you could just really straightforward tie it into the back end of the purchases and then that's how they're granted access. The second one I was sort of experimenting was the idea of a marketplace for recipes just as an NFT. Most of the uh, infrastructure has already been built. It would have to be a specially designed NFT which has the actual recipe um, but somebody can do it and they know that the way that somebody can so purchase a copy of it for a very, very low price, obviously, um, to to use it. Maybe there's something special about it. Um, and then that small commission, maybe it's, I don't know, 99 cents or a dollar for a great recipe with a video, um, gets sent back and owned by the person who created it. And, and the reason why to do that is while there are people who do like to create recipes just for free and stick them out there, uh, I think if you want to bootstrap it, having some incentive for somebody to share it um, and they get a little bit of reward, but it's not a ton of money, so you don't get a lot of scammers because in the end, people really just do it to share. But if there's some downstream way, because you know the wallet IDs and the NFT is uh, unique and immutable, um, you could link back to perhaps more purchases. So they share that recipe and that becomes sort of another referral engine. And referrals have existed for a while. I just think the blockchain with the IDs and the be able to track and its payment rails kind of do reduce some of the risks and the infrastructure needed to support those. So I think something kind of interesting around the marketplace to encourage people to do great uh, recipes. And then the last one would take a little bit more time, but this is sort of common that I'm seeing across a lot of DTCs is creating sort of um, organic close to permissionless, meaning they don't have to go through an administrator centralized by the company, but there are ways that the blockchain verifies is this a legitimate person who should be a commission rep. And since there's only a payment when something gets sold through and referred back to them, they can just lightly say, hey, I'm a customer. So their benefits, they have all these existing customers. And the customer can say, oh, well, there's a coffee place there. Uh, you know, I have a job and they they just keep their job. But they may go in and just say, hey, I want to show you something. It's a unique QR code, which then spins them back up. Um, and they show it to the coffee person or the coffee manager. And then they make those purchases against that dedicated ID or wallet. Um, and that's how the commissions are generated, so not a big thing in the back end. And they go ahead and they're very encouraged to go off into real life, to go to small local coffee shops, say, hey, would you consider doing this? This is what I've done. And try to keep all the administration and the overhead and the tracking um, to a minimum 
meaning you don't hire extra bodies. There might be a little bit of work on just, you know, uh, how do you communicate it? But since they're already a customer, they could probably bring their own and then show them, hey, here's what I made, here's how it works, and then um, the payment rails are all taken care of all on the blockchain blockchain without all this other headache. So I've never actually done one of these sort of sales uh, in person. So I don't know what's the mechanics or even maybe there's regulations, but that's opening the concept of what the benefit of the Web3 Web, Web is. So let's take a look at another example here. Uh, so the next one is Yodo, screen-free player. So you see in all of them, I'm like, well, why not have a community? That seems to be like a very viable thing that I think of every DTC, every consumer-facing brand is going to try to find. And many of them already do and try to do. I don't know how successful they are. Um, some of them seem to like you know gain traction completely on their own. But I think if there's ways that you can reduce the friction, increase the incentives, um, reduce the overhead, um, I, I think it's actually something that's sort of going to be common for everybody. And it'll also need to be varied by the nature of their product and the nature of their community. So I don't think there's going to be a good one-size-fit-all. But if you have the rules of, well, we want to prove purchase, it's an easy way to do that. We, because there's involved kids, we want to have some KYC. We want to make these things local. And we think gathering in person is really valuable. Gathering online doesn't really do anything. But, you know, as a parent, meeting other people who had kids who have similar, you know, values in terms of they want their kids to go screenless. Uh, I could see having wanted to do that. My kids are just out of the age of this now. They're, they're the, the youngest eight. But at the time, I, I could have seen that as being potentially valuable. Get to go, know them online, say, get together, learn about it. Maybe we even shared cards, which, you know, maybe the store would would want to do that because they're like those are potential pur purchases. But I would argue when they share the cards and someone really likes it, that it could actually increase purchases. Um, I, I think there's another interesting thing in terms of what happens when things age out. So each of these associate with an NFT, which encourages a parent when they're done to not throw it into the waste bin, donate to the school, but that NFT associates with a proof of purchase, but it also promotes downstream sales and commission. Again, the purpose for the parent doing it isn't probably to make those commissions. They're just not going to make any much money. But... I, for one, when I have all these things, I'm always like, who do I give the stuff that my kids don't want? If I thought this is something that could go to the school and was usable and there was some back-end program that like supported them to use it and I got a commission that was verifiable and long-lived, like a lot of these web-based commissions, you have like 90 days and it's like, you know, that's not the, no school is going to move in 90 days. But if it were per perpetual, um, I, I could see that being something kind of really interesting to get into the education market. And again, using the blockchain rails, good chunks of that software already actually exists, as does the infrastructure and the servers running it. Um, so it is something that could be something that could be, you know, explored. And let's take a look. And the last one that I'm going to cover for today is uh, Done, which is an online um, ADHD treatment service. So you can kind of see sort of all the different things that they provide. 
same thing again, increased community engagement, subscriptions and referrals, maybe more testimonials and social sharing. This is one of those things where I think there's probably a lot of content, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, where people do have ADHD. If there were some ways that they could take these um, video testimonials and ensure that they were uh, verifiable. Uh, this is a little bit more complex, but um, you know, make these video testimonials sort of like associated with a verified customer and a long-lived a um, uh, um, commission plan. I, I could see that as being something that starts to become in interesting. Originally, I was thinking it was just not something that was redistributed on other platforms. It's just something that people could share on like a a, a, a Twitter or a link that comes back that doesn't work really with a, a TikTok or, or um, but it could work with like a YouTube um, or Twitter or Facebook certainly. Um, provable purchases we see for online communities. Um, I, I think a lot of these DTCs they all use some kind of um, referral program. Um, this would be very similar to points, but I think the fact that there's programmable aspects of it uh, and that you can control those without dependency on a platform can open up a whole other design space. I'm just not close enough to their specific needs, but it seems like, you know, um, rewarding people who stay with it would be valuable. And then the NFT video testimonials by verifiable customers. Uh, that's the thing that I think is just another area that's worth, uh, you know, exploring. Um, and so you can see there's a commonality around trying to encourage communities, um, um, intelligent commissions without making it too smarmy, that sort of thing. But uh, if you want to find out more, if you're intrigued by some of these ideas or want to go more in depth, you know, find out more about our Unlock Design Sprints. We try to have them for individuals or them for the company. And of course, if this is something that you're actually interested in implementing, to share with you the low-code code, low code uh, tools to help you uh, build your MVP up. But our real focus is just really uh, learning and connecting with people across a bunch of different industries and helping you to become a world builder, meaning taking your domain knowledge, the challenges that you face, and you know using the world building elements of Web3 to advance your business and your career. All right, thanks for watching and um, stay tuned for the rest of the series. We're going to be covering a lot more uh, different types of companies and industries and playbooks.